2: Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life, homechef.com
3: part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is December 31st, the final day of this godforsaken 2020. My name is Phil Frostman, like, the expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore omd On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk a little bit about Aaron Gordon and his health status and why he's playing all right despite lower numbers, but there's still some concern, of course, uh, with the with his long-term health at this point or with how they're managing his health. I'll uh, we'll also talk a little bit about Markel Fultz and how he's looked late in games, and then we'll preview Thursday's game between the Orlando Magic and the Philadelphia 76ers. Tip-off of that game is at 6.30, not 7, 6.30, gets you out plenty of time. For your New Year's Eve festivities, and at least for me to get some sleep before the Northwestern game on Friday. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. work searching for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Philadelphia 76ers after their big win over the Toronto Raptors? Check out Locked On Sixers. We'll be seeing the Oklahoma City Thunder again on Saturday, so check out Locked On Thunder to get yourself ready for that game too. No matter what your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or college too, there is a Locked On podcast for you. to search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Um... I've inevitably gotten some comments and some, some people asking, um, you know, Aaron Gordon scored only four points in Sunday's win over the Washington Wizards. Uh, why is that? Why is that? And I guess before we get to that, let me, let me, let me, let me backtrack a little bit here. Um, bury the lead a little bit. Um, the Orlando Magic are the last undefeated team in the NBA. Uh, the, the Orlando Magic are 4-0. The Atlanta Hawks losing to the Brooklyn Nets. Making the Magic the last team in the NBA without a loss—it's an accomplishment of survival, perhaps. Um, the, uh, the the Magic have had a fairly easy schedule. The Washington Wizards are zero and four. The Miami Heat are now two and three, or two and two, I believe. The uh, Oklahoma City Thunder are one and two. So. The Magic, you know, uh, have beaten teams that aren't playing particularly well. The Miami Heat bouncing back to beat the Milwaukee Bucks on on Wednesday. Uh, uh, Definitely a a good win for them. And, And I think the Magic deserve a lot of credit for beating the Heat. The Wizards are expected to bounce back at some point, too. They've got a lot of talent. So, again, it's... Everything at this point is taken with a grain of salt. Um, you know, don't believe too many stats. I've looked at them. The Magic are third in the league in offensive rating and twelfth in defensive rating. Not exactly what we expected. Probably the opposite of what we expect. We probably expected the Magic to be in the top, you know, top five in defense and hopefully in the top half offensively. But the the, the opposite is true for the moment. We'll get into some of that coming up here at the end end of the show. Um, but. The Magic have taken care of their business. Um, you know, it's something that we talked a lot about last week, last year in that the Magic were very, very good at beating the teams they were supposed to beat. Um, they took care of their business against the teams that weren't making the playoffs. And in fact, their three wins in the bubble were against the 7th seed Brooklyn Nets, the New Orleans Pelicans, and Sacramento Kings, the Kings and Pelicans, not going to the playoffs. Those were the games we expected the Magic to take. It was the games against winning teams that really struck them. that's why Thursday's game is going to be super important because Philadelphia 76ers are three and one and playing okay. I think they're like the magic they would say that they've left some st- some things on the table, but they've done some really good things too. They also beat the Wizards. Um, so the Sixers are definitely a team that the magic should be up for, just like they were up for the Miami Heat last week. But the magic have survived. Therefore no, they're the last unbeaten team in the NBA. And that deserves a good chuckle, that deserves some some celebration, some pointing out, but it is by no means an accomplishment. The Magic still have a lot of work to do. We've obviously talked a lot about their defense over the last few days. Uh, uh they have a lot to clean up just like any team would at the beginning of the season and at some point the Magic are going to lose. It might very well be Thursday and that doesn't change much of anything. Um honestly, it doesn't change uh, it, it just you know, as a reminder that the NBA season is really, really hard, and how you respond to adversity, how you respond to defeat, is just as important as how you respond and build upon wins themselves. Uh, having the Thunder coming up next is also probably going to help a little bit. Um, but Cleveland will be a difficult challenge as well at the back end of this homestand. So just wanted to get that bit of news out of the way. The Orlando Magic uh, are, you know, the top team in the league right now, um, by record, at least. Um, you know, certainly I think there's people who don't quite believe in what the Magic are doing, but. The Magic will have to keep proving themselves and keep building uh, on, on what they've accomplished, and they've accomplished a lot. We'll talk a lot about that coming throughout the course of the show. But I, I did want to start today's show talking about Aaron Gordon because, again, like I said, inevitably I've gotten a few people asking, you know, why did Aaron Gordon only score four points in the win of the Wizards on Sunday? Why isn't Aaron Gordon playing in the fourth quarter of these games? And it's a fair question to ask um, because, you know, I, I am someone that believes if you are on the floor, you are healthy. If the coach is willing to put you on the floor, if you're able to play, you are healthy and you should be held to the standard you would be held to as if you were healthy. Um, again, you could give extenuating circumstances, but the Magic need Aaron Gordon for some very specific tasks and some very specific roles, and losing him is critical. And that's how the Magic feel. The Magic know that without Al Rukuminu and without Jonathan Isaac, they don't have very many options at power forward. They're playing Chuma Okiki right now, but Okiki's on a bit of a minutes restriction of coming off his torn ACL. They're at least watching him very closely, and he's a rookie prone to making rookie mistakes, as he has certainly made in his first four games, although he's still done some very, very, very good things, especially on the defensive end. Gary Clark is reliable. The Magic used him as a starter in the bubble last year and, and, and in the playoffs, and he is more than capable of filling the role, but not exactly an impact player. Not exactly someone who's going to be a huge difference maker, at least not in the same way that Aaron Gordon can be. But the Magic are still managing Aaron Gordon's injury. Steve Clifford has said Aaron Gordon is on a minutes restriction just like Chuma Oh, not just like Chuma but he is on a minutes restriction. The Magic are watching his minutes and watching his condition because he is still dealing with the after effects of his hamstring injury. The offseason was not long enough. The Magic... Finished up in August, they're starting in December, that's four months. You know, again, hamstring injuries are tricky, you know, you don't know what's going to tweak it, um, but the Magic are being very, very careful, it seems, with Gordon, and Gordon, and Steve Clifford said before Tuesday's game that Gordon uh, called out to the Magic's uh, training staff uh, during Sunday's game and, and said that he it wasn't feeling right, and, and the Magic, you know, probably rightfully shut him down for the day, um, got him into treatment after the game. Um, he felt good enough to play on Tuesday. But again, Tuesday, he sat out the, the end of the game. Michael Carter-Williams played the closing moments of that game. So the Magic are still being very careful and managing Aaron Gordon. Like I said, the depth issues at Power Forward are probably the biggest concern when it comes to Gordon. But Gordon's done some good things too. I know his per his averages aren't great. 12.8 points per game, 6.8 rebounds per game. 12, he averaged 14.7, I think, last year. So, scoring average is down, rebounds are down, assists are down. But he's shooting a 56.8% effective field goal percentage. That would be the best of his career if it continues. And when you expand things out per 36 minutes, Gordon is averaging 18.7 points per 36 minutes, the second best of his career, and a career best 9.9 rebounds per 36 minutes. So, Gordon is still doing good things. And while his defense is not at the same level that it was last year, according to NBA.com statistics database, which, again, take these stats for whatever they're worth, opponents shot 44.2% against him last year. They're shooting 46.7% against him this year. That is still better than the league average. So Gordon is still a plus defender, even if he's not, again, by this crude measure. And trust me, these defensive statistics are very, very crude. I don't I don't think you put all your stock in them, but they... In this case, I think they confirm the eye test, which I think is what, what we're using them for. Um, Gordon, Gordon is playing really good defense. And with his size and his versatility and his playmaking, the Magic need him on the floor. And he's done good things. Um, the Magic have used him less as a three-point shooter, more in the paint, a byproduct of, of moving Vucevic out to the three-point line a little bit more. Um, and that has helped him be a better facilitator on, on offense. He's done less of his dribbling moves, although they've still shown up. Um, and he's still got to be a little bit more explosive in, in, in transition. But again, the injury might be playing a role in that. So right now, Aaron Gordon's limitations are more about his injury. His limitations right now are more about the Magic just not being able to fully unleash him yet. When will they be able to do that, though? When will they be able to take him off that minutes restriction? That part's not particularly clear. It's certainly not right now. It's certainly not at this moment. But the Magic have an important player right now who is not quite 100%. And especially coming into Thursday's game against the Sixers, that's going to be a big deal. That's going to be a big part of what we see. Because, you know, again, the Magic, for a team that loves to tout its length, it's a little bit short right now. We'll talk a little bit more about where Markel Fultz, as we get ready to play the Philadelphia 76ers, where Markel Fultz stands and how he's become one of the most clutch players in the early part of the season. We'll talk about that coming up here in just a moment. But the college football New Year's Six started off with a bang, at least if you're an Oklahoma fan, on Wednesday with the Oklahoma Juniors defeating the Florida Gators. The New Year's Six continues on with... The college football playoff taking place on Friday, as well as my Northwestern Wildcats taking on the Auburn Tigers here in the Citrus Bowl, uh, and plenty of other great games throughout the weekend. Plus NFL action in the final week of the regular season before the playoffs begin, and of course NBA every day, every day, all day. Gotta love it. There's only one place that has one, no, one place, excuse me, that has you covered in one place we trust if you're going to gamble on sports, and that is betonline.eg Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Whether it's the NFL games of the week, the top college football games, or the top NBA games, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
2: free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on that's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert
0: betting on the nba doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new locked on bets podcast hosted by your boy q And handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts today. The common thread that's kind of carried through the Orlando Magic season so far is they've been inconsistent. Their defense is not where they want it to be. And they've had to sweat out some of these games. In fact, they've had to sweat out all of these games. All four of these games have been difficult and frustrating in many, many ways. But they all, the common denominator they all share is that the Magic pulled out in the end. They won the game. They got the victory. They did what they had to do to win. And ultimately, as Stan Van Gundy would always say, it's better to learn, less, learn lessons while winning than learn lessons while losing. Now, again, we all recognize that the loss is inevitable. It's the NBA. There is no 82-0 and or 72-0 and in this case. The Magic are going to fall at some point, and we'll see how they respond when they do. But what's been very true about this team to this point is they have been tough. When the chips are down, when games are on the line, the Magic have played their best basketball. They have by far the best net rating in the fourth quarter. Obviously, a 17-point comeback will do that, And, and they're small sample sizes. So again, take all stats with a grain of salt. But the Magic have stepped up in every single one of their games so far this year. Whether it was the Miami Heat pulling, uh, coming back and pulling away in that game, or the Washington Wizards in both games making big shots down the stretch to ice those games away, or Oklahoma City keeping the Thunder at bay. No matter how you define clutch situations, the Magic have been clutch this season. Their fourth-quarter prowess has been incredible. And that's put the Magic in this position to be undefeated, to be, you know, in some respects, in control of their own destiny. Obviously, still much, much, much work to do. No one's hiding from that fact quite yet. But the Magic have done some very, very good things. And a lot of that, frankly, starts with Markel Fultz. In four games, the Magic have played 10 clutch minutes and according to NBA.com, that is defined as uh, within five points in the final five minutes. And in those 10 minutes, Markel Falta scored 16 points, shot six for seven from the floor, one for one from beyond the arc, three for three from the foul line, dished out four assists against one turnover. Th- that leads the magic in clutch points, by the way, with Evan Fournier scoring 11 and Nikola Vucevic scoring 10, and both have shot well too, 3-for-5 and 4-for-5 respectively. But to the eye test, it's Markel Fultz that has put his imprint on these games. And one of the ways that Fultz has improved dramatically has been how he steps up in these moments. It's, It's very clear that he relishes these moments. We saw that in Los Angeles last year when Fultz had the ball in his hands and won that game scored over LeBron James in the final moments to deliver the Magic their biggest win of the season last year. This is a guy that is unafraid of the moment. And you got you need guys who are unafraid of the moment, who do not fear failure in order to win. And Fultz is definitely that guy. And while Fultz is still learning how to manage the game and learning to pick his spots and pick his pockets, the end of the game is his. That has become his time. He will run that pick and roll with Nikola Vucevic he will make the right read, the right decision, and the Magic will get a good shot off of it. Volta's ability to get into the lane and create separation and create a, a, a push into paint is one of his biggest assets. He is so good at creating contact and bumping off his defender. And yes, he overpowers his defenders a lot of times. His change of pace keeps him off balance and he's able to kind of muscle his way into the lane and, and do whatever he wants really. His finishing ability around the basket's also very very good. And while yes he's got he got himself into a couple traps on Tuesdays and Tuesdays went over the thunder when the game mattered again, Mark Fultz that made a lot of big plays and not necessarily scoring on Tuesday, but making the big plays to keep the the thunder at bay to give the magic the lead and give it to them for good. This has been, you know, obviously Markel Fultz has been the revelation of the early part of the season. The Magic, getting what they've gotten from Markel Fultz is essentially why they're 4-1. and one. Um, You know, we talked about how do the Magic improve its internal improvement, and Markel Fultz taking the kind of leap that it looks like he's taken, and again, Markel Fultz didn't play a great game, in my opinion, on Tuesday. Um, his his shot selection was a little bit off, his scoring was certainly off, but he still added 10 assists with no turnovers. He still controlled the pace of that game. And that's really, really valuable. That's probably the most valuable thing you can have from a point guard. Someone who could control the tempo and pace of a game like that. But late in the games, we're really seeing who Markel Fultz is. You know, I sit here and tell you guys all the time, clutch stats don't mean anything. Whether players player is clutch doesn't mean a lot to me. It's a 48-minute game. you got to take care of your business throughout the entire course of the game. And you know maybe that's me deflecting a little bit because because I I I am I am a forty eight minute believer. I believe, I agree with Steve Clifford that the first quarter is just as important as the last. But deadlines create pressure. And while I continually say that good teams don't win close games, they avoid them. Winning close games is the difference between making the playoffs and missing the playoffs. Between being a six seed and being an eight seed, being a four seed, being a five seed. That home court advantage. Flipping those games is vital to a team's success. And in the playoffs, throw all that stuff out the window. Throw the, honestly, in the playoffs, throw the analytics out the window, throw everything out the window. The difference between winning and losing in the playoffs, and yes, just like it always has been, everything Steve Clifford does has an eye on the playoffs. That is the team's goal. That is the standard they're playing to. Don't hide from it. The Magic need to be playing at a playoff caliber, which, again, early in the season... Among the teams that are competing for a playoff spot, they certainly are. But in the playoffs, because everyone knows what's coming, everyone can game plan the heck out of you. In the playoffs, being able to finish games is huge. When you only have four games, when you have to win four games, losing a game on a buzzer beater hurts. That's a quarter of your season down the drain. And a game that you could have had. Those games matter. And the Magic, you know, again, Evan Fournier was a great closer. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Evan Fournier is a clutch player. He is as fearless as anyone else too. But Marco Fultz feels a little bit different because he can create his shot. He can create in the lane. He can get into the paint in a way that Evan Fournier certainly cannot. Or does not. Um, and if, if Fultz keeps playing at this level as a clutch player, and he was this good last year too, If he keeps playing at this level as a clutch player, then the Magic do have a tool that can help them immensely when the games matter, when the pressure is ramped up. It's a good early sign. There's obviously a lot of season left to play. Let's not draw any conclusions quite yet. But things are definitely, definitely looking pretty, pretty solid so far talk about the magic's upcoming game against the philadelphia 76ers here coming up in just a moment
3: the nba playoffs are right around the corner and locked on nba is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama every monday jackson gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the nba playoffs mark your calendars to listen to locked on nba every monday to be up to date locked on nba Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: When you need fantasy basketball advice, it's important that you have a reliable source. More people trust Josh Lloyd, of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, than any other fantasy basketball podcast. Subscribe to the number one fantasy basketball podcast today. Locked On Fantasy Basketball, wherever you get podcasts. The Atlanta Magic will take on the Philadelphia 76ers on Thursday at 6.30 p.m., special tip-off time, 6.30 p.m. for New Year's Eve, so you can get home and enjoy the festivities, with uh, socially distanced, of course. Uh, and uh, this is going to be a really fun game. Uh, you know, I, I, I agree the Magic have not had the most challenging schedule as of yet. The, the Washington, you know, again, the Wizards and the Heat are both solid teams. They're going to be fine in the long run, I think. Um, the Wizards not as solid as the Heat. The Heat will be fine. They'll figure they'll figure stuff out. They'll they'll, they'll pace themselves the way they need to pace themselves. Um, but the Magic have caught teams when they're not playing their best. Um, so far this season, the Magic are playing okay. I, I think they'd say they're playing okay by their measure. But um, but Steve Clifford will be the first to tell you that the Magic could easily be owned for as much as they could be 4 um, 0. You know they haven't had a per se comfortable win or they haven't had a per se 48 minute effort they've had some very you know they've done enough to win games and and again that's that's going to catch them at some point but playing an opponent like the Philadelphia 76ers is, is definitely an opponent that the magic could be up for it should should get them up and should get them a little bit excited should, should have their full attention you know magic fans and I was like this too when I was a fa- when I was exclusively a fan um magic fans have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder they want people to notice them and not just because of Shaq and Penny, but all that stuff. Um, there, I think there's. I think Orlando in general wants people to recognize it as its own city, as its own thing, and and I think that's portrayed in how people want the national media to view the Magic. Of course, the Magic not on national TV at all this year. This game will be on NBA TV, though, so a quasi national TV game, I suppose. Um, the Magic, not on national TV, they don't get a lot of publicity. And even now, being the last remaining undefeated team, it still feels like it, they're being overlooked a, a bit. Um, you know, I was watching the jump on on Wednesday, and, and you know, they showed the Isaiah Roby, you know, kind of crossing up Nikola Vucevic, and talked about Darius Baisley and the Oklahoma City Thunder's young players before they even talked about that. The fact that the Magic won the game. In fact, it wasn't until the last segment of the show that the that they noted that hey. The Magic are 4-0, the only 4-0 team in the league, and of course, later on that now, the Magic are the only undefeated team left in the league. And Rachel Nichols, you know, kind of stumbled over the question a little bit, asking uh, Kendrick Perkins and Brian Windhorst whether this Magic team is poised to kind of take that next step and be more than just a first-round exit. Nichols, and you know, God love Rachel Nichols. I, I think she does a fantastic job, you know, obviously... Very difficult job, um, you know, and she's a Northwestern love. I've met her. She's incredibly nice. Um, you know, she tripped a little bit and said, you know, is this the year that the Magic finally break through the playoffs? You know, again, not realizing that the Magic been to the playoffs the last two years. This is a playoff team. This is a play- team that expects to be in the postseason. Credit Kendrick Perkins. I don't always agree with him. Um, he said, you know, this this team is, you know, they, they Steve Clifford has them playing, you know, the way that Steve Clifford has his teams play. They're very disciplined, organized. They're tough out. You know, things are definitely looking up for Orlando. The bottom line is this attention is only given to the teams that win. Yes, star power helps, it gets some eyeballs on you, but if you lose, you don't get on national TV. Trey Young, as exciting as he is, the Hawks are not on national TV that much. I think it's only one or two games on national TV this this year, or at least in the first half of the season. So if the Magic want to get noticed, they have to win these kinds of games. And like we said, like I said earlier, the Magic had Um, among the teams in the bubble, the Magic had the fewest wins over teams with winning records. The biggest thing that the Magic struggled with last year was beating these kinds of teams. I believe the Magic only had five wins against teams with winning records last season. Two of those wins are against the Philadelphia 76ers. For whatever reason, the Magic match up really well with the Philadelphia 76ers. I don't know if it's because Aaron Gordon does a a really good job on Ben Simmons, or Jonathan Isaac does a really good job on Ben Simmons. Um, I think some of it is Joel Embiid is a little bit more of an earthbound center. Uh, again, that's not an insult on him. He's, his footwork's incredible. Uh, and so Nikola Vucevic is able to handle him a little bit better, and Vuce tends to have good games on Embiid too. Um, it, it's, it's not entirely clear, but the Magic have always matched up well with the Sixers team uh, since they drafted Joel Embiid. They've, they've scored a lot of upsets and had some at least some near victories over them. And so... For the Magic, and again, last year, the the Magic's first win over a winning team, a a win that felt legitimate and real, came against the 76ers. Orlando went 2-1 against the Sixers in last year's season series, beating them both times at home at the Amway Center and then losing a tight battle where Joel Embiid just took over the game at the end uh, in the bubble. That's to say, then I don't really know what's going to happen in this game. The Sixers are three and one. They're, they they took a really bad loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers, um, where they just didn't seem to have all the pieces together. Their offense disappears for long stretches. I mean, even in even in uh, Tuesday's win over the the Toronto Raptors, um, Joel Embiid carried that team offensively. They got a good boost from Tobias Harris. Um, that's a big reason why they were able to to, to come back and win that game, but. A lot of it was on Embiid's shoulders. Embiid is carrying a significant uh, weight in this offense. But the Sixers' defense is so good, it's kept them in a lot of games. Whereas the Magic, on the other hand, are kind of the opposite. The Magic are still struggling to find their footing defensively, but they have become a juggernaut offensively this year. They're third in the league in offensive rating to this point. I do think that this is going to be an interesting matchup. and This is going to be a test to see whether the Magic's offense is for real. And I think that's something that we all really want to see. Um, for the Magic to be successful offensively, the Sixers have great length. They're going to they're going to con- they're going to congest and contest shots in the paint. So Orlando has to be really good at playing inside out. Um, that's something that they've struggled with. That Steve Clifford's noted that they've struggled with, uh, and they have to be able to get a foot in the paint and kick out to an open shooter or kick out to the next guy who's going to cycle in and then find a hole in the defense. They got to really make that defense work and kind of rotate and move uh, with them. And that, that that's something the Magic haven't always done. You know, frankly. The Magic have, at times, I felt like settled for mid-range jumpers, settled for kind of the first decent look, settled for three-pointers, settled for quick shots. As I mentioned the other day, pace is not about how quick you take a shot. Pace is about the speed at which you move through your offense. You can play at a high pace or high tempo or whatever you want to call it while taking time off the shot clock. Pace does not mean quick shots. And I do think that is a, a dissonance that a lot of teams that, that try to play at a faster pace tend to hit. Orlando can't turn the ball over. They can't foul. Philadelphia's very good at getting the foul line, especially with Joel Embiid. Um, so the Magic are going to have to do a, a really good job on that. Something that they struggled with against Oklahoma City that I think could be a problem against Philadelphia is their length. Um, the Thunder had tremendous length. I think that bothered Markel Fultz as he attacked the basket a little bit um, and, and, and lid, limited his effectiveness, although the Magic still had a very strong offensive game overall. This is not the Oklahoma City Thunder, though. This is a really good Philadelphia 76ers team. Um, they're still figuring some things out. Uh, they if they could catch if they catch fire from three, they won't have freaking cork miles, I believe. But if they catch fire from three, then that's trouble for the magic, of course. But I, I think that I think that that is gonna be in this game. I think that this, this is gonna be a game between two very good teams. And it's gonna come down to that fourth quarter again. And again, Joel Embiid won the Sixers that game in the bubble in the fourth quarter uh, back in uh, back in July or in August. Um Will that happen again here? I mean, I think, again, we talked about how important Magic's clutch minutes have been and how good they've been. That's going to be a a big part of the battle of this game. This is going to be a really good one, folks. Um, You know, it's it's the first week of the season. It's game five. It's not a must-win game. If Orlando loses this game, whatever. You want to see them put up a fight. You want to see them compete. You want to see them have their chances to win. And you want to see them take those chances to win, obviously, if they get them. This is going to be a good game. I think this is going to be a really competitive game. I think this is a these are two really good, these are two teams that at least right now are playing at about the same level and about the same intensity. Uh, and, and I think that we could be in store for a really fun game uh, in this one. That's going to teach us a lot about who this Magic team is and what they can be because Philadelphia's defense is on point. Unlike Orlando, their defense is playing very very well and they're going to give themselves a chance to win because of that. Whereas the Magic are still trying to figure out their defense, get it in line, but their offense is well ahead of it and playing very, very well too. The Orlando Magic take on the Philadelphia 76ers on Thursday at 6.30. We'll have complete coverage of that game. We are going to do a New Year's Day episode to cover this game, so we'll talk about this game on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But that's going to do it for me. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalayan, Google Play, Spotify, and all the other places download the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr md. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can, of course, follow us there. For live updates during the game at omagicdaily. I will be at the Amway Center for the game, so I'm excited to see... Uh, a what a regular season game there looks like and B excited to see this game, which again I think is going to be a lot of fun. But until next time, we'll talk to you we'll talk to you in the new year on in 2021 for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Rossman Reich. We'll see you again for another episode of Locked On Magic.